1: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy R-A-M-P.com slash easy cards issued by Sutton bank and Celtic bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's lucky land horoscope with Victoria cash.
2: So, we have Nevin Steinberg, a sound designer who has worked on Broadway productions of Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen, Tina, Hadestown, The Share Show, Bandstand, Bright Star, Freestyle Love Supreme, and many, many more. Hi, Mr. Steinberg.
0: Hi, Mason. Good to meet you.
2: Good to meet you, too. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, here in New York City, hunkering down for the, uh, what I like to call the hiatus, and, uh, you know just trying to stay positive and productive. How are you?
2: Good, thank you. Would you like to tell how you got to where you are?
0: Uh, sure. Uh, I grew up uh, playing music as a bass player uh, and did a lot of theater as a as a school kid and uh, all through high school and even into college, uh, playing bass for. The shows uh, on campus in college and, and before that uh, in my high schools and middle schools and even around towns, neighboring towns. So I got into theater as a musician and then transitioned into technical theater as a volunteer, uh, started doing lighting first and then uh, kind of made my way into sound, which I found out I had interest and uh, aptitude for and kind of never looked back. I started doing sound in college. Uh, even got my first paying sound jobs as an operator on shows uh, at the main stage of the American Repertory Theater where I went to college and, um, and then started doing some sound design projects for their institute, which was their grad school for directors and designers. And uh, after college, I went right into working as an assistant sound designer at a regional theater in Providence, Rhode Island, which was my first job out of college. And really, that's, that's been my career. That's all I've been doing uh, since college is, is professional sound.
2: What would you include in a description of your job as a sound designer?
0: Well, really, you kind of start starts very broadly with anything you hear in a the theater is my job. Uh, my job is to manage and uh, and kind of uh, guide an audience through what they're hearing in a the theater, whether it be. Pre recorded sound effects like things that are called for in a script, like door knocks or doorbells or dog barks or crickets or uh, ambient, realistic, naturalistic sounds for a drama or abstract soundscapes that might include tones and winds and uh, things that don't necessarily have a a naturalistic feel, um, just setting tension and mood. Um, It might also include curating uh, and editing pre-recorded music, uh, either music that exists in the world already or original music that's written for a production. Uh, And then on musicals, uh, it also will involve amplification, extensive amplification of the the musical or the play uh, to all seating areas in an auditorium. So it's really anything you can imagine that has to do with audio uh, falls under my uh, responsibility as a sound designer.
2: So how do you create a sound environment in like making the audience feel like they're part of the show?
0: Well, it, you know first starts with the script, uh, just like everything we do. Um, so part of it is trying to understand maybe a location or an emotion um, that, that you're in um, and then imagining how you how, how that might sound to you how it might sound to an audience how it might sound to the characters on stage um, and uh, and the environment that you're looking at it often is a it's a response to the visual environment that might be scenic design costume design the lighting design or the projection design as well and collaborating with them to match what they're doing or collaborate with them in creating a environment that just isn't audio, but also involves all the senses that we use in the theater to immerse an audience in that feeling. So for something like Bright Star, which you mentioned, that play took place, that musical took place in North Carolina, and uh, a lot of it took place outside, or parts of it took place outside, and so some of those environments were, uh, had... Uh, soundscapes that actually were created with North Carolina in mind. They had North Carolina birds and North Carolina insects and sort of snapshots of those times of day and different locations in North Carolina. And I, in fact, went to Uh, different locations in North Carolina to do some what we call field recording, which is to take my recorder out into the, into the wild and actually capture some of those environments, both to use them in the play, but also as models for things that I would make using other uh, elements, pre-recorded elements, elements from sound effects libraries or stuff that I've recorded myself. So that's one way to do it. We create, create actual locations. Um, Another thing we might do is in Hamilton, in. um, A bullet gets shot out of a gun but then stops because we're stopping time. So using uh, sound effects editing software, I will take maybe the sound or maybe multiple sounds of gunshots or even thunderclaps and use those to create the sound of a bullet and then reverse them to sort of give a kind of sucking sound back that stops abruptly but then has some reverb on it and gives you the sense that maybe something has been interrupted and stopped. So it's uh, lots of tools and lots of imagination uh, and some technology as well.
2: What is the most important part for you to do in the development phase? Uh,
0: in the development phase of a musical, you mean, or a play? Either one. Yeah, um, I think the most important part is to is to listen and talk. I think that any designer, sound designers or, or designers are in any discipline, your best tools are your are are your are, are listening and and dialogue and, and speaking. And so before you even uh, set down to decide how something's going to sound or what sound effect to make or what soundscape to create or how you're going to amplify something, the best thing to do is to really listen to it um, and to experience the play or the musical as it is without any technology and without any design elements and let it let it wash over you and examine it for its central themes, for the things the characters uh, that are important about the characters or that are important about the the, the places and the settings uh, and then to have long talks with directors and choreographers and music departments and your other design team members to decide in which direction you're going to go and what the tone of the things that you're going to be asked to create are going to be.
2: What happens when the show opens? Are you there every day?
0: No. Uh, I usually, as a sound designer, I'm there supervising uh, all the way through opening night. So when we're when we're running you know, technical rehearsals and in previews, I'll be there pretty much every, every day and every night. Um, but once the show opens, uh, the crew uh, who are employed by the production are responsible for doing the show eight times a week. Uh, and I tend to stop in and check in on those shows uh, pretty frequently just to say hi, or maybe watch an act, or maybe watch a whole show and take some notes and sort of keep everything kind of between the lines.
1: 18 plus.
2: So did you start out doing work and then people would seek you out or did you have to formally apply for all these shows?
0: Um, you know, it's a little bit of a combination. It's not really a formal application process in, in show business in my experience. But, you know, some shows I do, uh, I do interview for, they might be members of the creative team or the producers, that I don't know from previous productions, and I'll be contacted by a general manager or a production manager, and I'll have meetings or phone calls with people that I, I otherwise hadn't worked with or or known in other in other areas, and we'll have uh, we'll have an opportunity to get to know each other and talk about not just the the project that we might work on together, but just get to know each other a little bit because you want to make sure that your styles are at least compatible, if not matched. Um, so, uh, but uh, more often than not, these days, I get a lot of calls from people that I've worked with before um, who, who, you know, thank goodness want to work with me again. So it's a little bit of a combination, but uh, I certainly have done my share of uh, interviewing and uh, that doesn't really ever stop.
2: So do you have any tips for anybody who wants to be on Broadway as a sound designer or a designer in general?
0: Well, I think that, you know, the best thing to do is, in this case, is to, is to practice, is to just design stuff. I know that sounds crazy because it's, you know, on Broadway, there's, there. it's obviously rarefied air, right? Like it's, it's you know, we're doing it with all of the resources and, uh, and all of the time uh, at, at this level. But the truth is you can design... A set or sound or lighting or costumes or even projections now, you know, on your laptop or on your tablet or on a big sketch pad, which is sometimes the way I do it. And, you know, get involved with people who want to make theater or make a play or make a musical and practice the craft, you know, take a shot. It's, um, it's certainly, it is something you can study. Um, there, there are ways to, to learn about it. There's lots of resources, both online and in person and through degree programs. So there's, there's a lot of paths to becoming a designer. But really, the best way to learn about being a designer is to design things, is to have these conversations that I was telling you about, and then actually put pen to paper or get on your audio editing software and try and make something that sounds the way you imagine it. Uh, And that's the first step into actually practicing the craft.
2: What is your favorite part of the job?
0: That's a good question. I think my favorite part of the job is actually imagining myself as an audience member and trying to either improve the experience or create a detailed experience for myself as that audience member. So sitting in an audience full of people and really thinking about how what i'm hearing makes me feel and what i can do as a designer and as a professional to improve that experience and to make it richer and more interesting and more connected to what's going on in front of me
2: what has been your favorite show to work on
0: well that's tough you know they're all they're all great you named so many good ones right at the top and i'm so proud of all of them so you know, it's hard to name a favorite. They've been most of the time. When I have a favorite show, it's about the people more even than the show. And of course, my you know my Hamilton family are are people I've known for a long time. That's a that's a group of colleagues that I've been lucky enough to work with for for many years uh, and on a lot of different shows. Um, so that's definitely high up there uh, in the heights. For the same reason, was it was a great was a great show in my career. Um, Um, And I loved working on Bright Star, also some great people and a great project. So, you know, they're all they're all fantastic. And uh, certainly, you know, some are tougher than others and they're all a little bit different. But, you know, that's that's the fun part of my job is the variation.
2: So do you think education or experience is more important in your career path?
0: I'd have to say that, you know, it really depends on the person. I think that, you know, I I wasn't educated to do sound. I did sound kind of as a hobby for a long time and, uh, and then became quickly became a professional without really getting any formal audio education. And, but I had a very good broad education. So I think that maybe the combination is, is good. And I think the balance of those two things depends on the kind of person you are and what kind of career you want to pursue. Some people really enjoy academics and really want to, get inside the the theory and the reading and the the teaching of something. Uh, And other people just want to kind of get out there and do it. And I think both paths are pretty valid and, Um, I do think that in general, education is good, (laughs) Um, not necessarily sound education or audio education, but having an educational experience is something I try to encourage for young people who are looking to get into the business, even if that means going to a university, if you can do that, or if you can afford that, um, and getting a a broad educational experience about a lot of subjects, and also encounter a lot of people uh, from different backgrounds and different places, because those kinds of Educational experiences, while they're not leading to degrees necessarily, or specific career paths are very enriching and will help you become a better theater artist.
2: Uh, what are you doing during quarantine?
0: Well, i uh, trying to keep busy with uh, some work. We have some projects that are coming up in 2021 that I'm starting trying to stay ahead of. So there's some planning for those. Um, I do a lot of, uh, I run uh, distance run as a, as a way to keep in, in shape and also keep my mental health in good shape. So I do a lot of that. Um, I've been doing some cooking, uh, which is nice. I'm spending a lot of time at home with my wife, which is something I don't often get to do because I'm, I'm traveling a lot for work. So that's been, that's been pretty great too. So a little bit of everything. I'm also taking some online courses, doing some professional development, trying to take advantage of the time that I wouldn't otherwise have and reading, which I also enjoy.
2: Before we go, I do want to compliment you. Um, One thing I noticed in Dear Evan Hansen is the news reporters talking about Evan Hansen during You Will Be Found. And I just wanted to say that is an awesome add to the show.
0: Oh, thanks. You know, that's actually uh, that's an amazing bit of scripting on the part of the writers and then sort of a very determined and painstaking assembly of very small clips of dialogue and, and placing them very carefully. It was a big team effort with music and with the writers and the director and uh, also the uh, projection designer, Peter Negrini, and everybody involved to try and make that uh, that storytelling work and, and be dynamic and exciting. So thank you for that. We're, we're very proud of it.
2: Well, thank you so much for being here.
0: My pleasure. Nice talking to you.
2: Hey, guys. It's end of the season, Mason. This is my last episode interview for this season. I'll be back in a few weeks, just taking a couple of weeks vacation just to breathe and stuff like that. So thank you so much for listening to my 10 or 11 interviews and I'll see you next season.